You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Boy, do we have a great show for you today. I've invited Sebastian Ingus, founder of Phoenix Consulting Group, to be our first guest. He's built a culture that promotes education, fun, and a competitive workforce. His team delivers results while constantly challenging themselves to grow. I've invited Sebastian to join me to share his leadership philosophy in more detail. I'd like to thank our sponsors who support our program, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, SunUp Group, and Teen Company. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the CEO peer groups that I chair, visit my company's website, Critical Mass 4, spelled F-O-R, business.com. Or you can call me or text me at 949-887-4104. It gives me great pleasure, as I said at the open, to welcome Sebastian to the show. Sebastian, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Let's get started. You know, you found an approach to business that delivers consistent results and creates a great culture for what is a predominantly millennial workforce. Can you begin the interview by sharing with us kind of your business model and philosophy? When I started my business, I was, uh, you know, we were coming out of the the Great Recession of 2009, and I was interviewing a lot of millennials and and looking for kind of the next great opportunity. And what I found among the millennial generation is, for them, they didn't want to do what the baby boomers did. They weren't looking for the nine to five for the next 40 years. That, you know, maybe if they're lucky, they're going to get to retirement through that process. They were looking for a place that. What they did mattered. They wanted to be part of a community. They wanted to have a promotion structure that was based on merit and competency, not based on tenure and seniority. And so we took what we learned from the early days of our business and began to adapt it to really grow and develop the millennial workforce. It's a group that has been notoriously judged and, and it's been sometimes frustrating to deal with, but I believe there's a lot of a lot of strengths within that specific group and uh, we're excited to work with them, but we've created a, a, a culture that really is built around a merit-based promotion system and really appeals to a group of people that want to be invested in. We spend a lot of time in developing our people uh, and adding value to their life and trying to create a place where they're excited to work and they feel like uh, there's a reciprocal relationship that you know, we're not just asking something of them, but we're, we're trying to add value to their life on a daily basis. Uh, we're talking with Sebastian. We're talking about his company, Phoenix Consulting Group, and Phoenix is spelled F-E-N-I-X. So would you highlight and discuss specifically what is the business model of Phoenix Consulting Group? Sure. So Phoenix Consulting Group, by trade, focuses on creating a competitive advantage in sales and marketing for our Fortune 500 clients. We built the model around a, uh, a training program that allowed really anyone, but uh, really catered to people who really wanted growth, uh, wanted to gain experience and opportunity coming out of school or just or, or maybe pivoting in their career. Um, we wanted to create a, a culture where we could develop people. And so uh, from a business standpoint, we do uh, high-end sales and marketing for large clients. Uh, and then part of our culture is really around developing our people. We believe that our first customer is our employees. And we want to create an environment that's both fair and equitable for our, 
our team. Um, so we spend 20% of our payroll training and developing our guys and, and really trying to add more value to them, especially in the early stages than they're adding to the business. We firmly believe that if, if we're adding more to our team than, than they're bringing, ultimately we're going to put ourselves in a great position of a culture that people want to be part of and we'll get a result with our clients that we're looking for. How was the retention for your firm? You said you started in 2009. I know that your firm has been growing. Uh, talk to me about are people staying with, are millennials staying with your brand and with your firm? Yeah, that's a great question. So millennials notoriously get a reputation for not being very committed, not being very loyal, uh, jumping around quite a bit. You know, we developed our sales community first, and so that's, that's a tough group anyway. You have a lot of uh, a turnover naturally in the in the, the sales part of our business, um, but we enjoy a very low turnover rate. We're less than a third of our people turn over. For twenty seven percent in the industry, that sees upwards of seventy or eighty percent turnover. Uh, and so, certainly, we do have turnover, but uh, compared to the industry, it's very low, and we're very proud of that fact. People tend to stay uh, once they get through the first couple of weeks, and we've ran a lot of of uh, data analysis around this. And we found that if people get through the first two or three weeks. They tend to stay with us for a very long time, uh, and because we're adding value to their life. The goal is to develop our people. We want our people to go home, and we want their friends and family to say things like, wow, you've changed. You talk different. You act different. You're thinking differently about your life. And we believe if we put ourselves in a position where our team has that sentiment, we're going to do just fine on that side. Sebastian, when you say you, you invest 20% of the budget in the training and development, specifically, what type of areas of development and training are you focused on at your firm? Well, it's an ongoing training process. We get asked that a lot. So so when is training? When does it stop? And really the answer is it never stops because, you know, you want to be a student for life, and we really advocate that. And there's, there's training that, you know, is, you're constantly adapting to your environment and, and, and what you're doing, but... Our focus starts in basic skill sets. So we start people learning sales. Uh, I always I tell my guys, you know, I've yet to meet anybody who's good in business that's not good at sales. It's a core competency. So we focus a lot early on in, in developing sales skills and, and teaching them basic business acumen. And we teach professionalism, time management, um, just having a student mentality, which seems very basic, and it is very basic. But I found that assuming those skill sets are built in uh, is, is not a very functional way to run your company. So we start people there, and then we develop from there. So we get into time management, priority management, uh, uh, negotiation. We get into high-level uh, high level contracts and things with our clients. So it starts very basic, and it builds precept upon precept, line upon line from there. We're talking with Sebastian Angus, and we're talking about his firm, Phoenix Consulting Group. Um, we have about three minutes before our, uh, we have to take a short break, uh, Sebastian, but I wanted to ask you, your firm has been named one of the best places to work in Orange County for three years in a row now. Can, can you tell us how you have maintained what you're doing? Because I know you're also, you've been growing and adding to that team. So help me to understand how you've been able to maintain that level of commitment from your employees. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. Our our goal is to add more value to our people than they're adding to the team. Now I'm not sure I'm not sure that we we do that, but just positioning ourselves with that idea in mind creates an environment where people are growing. And I say this all the time, happy people are growing people. If people are growing and developing and changing they're not likely to leave your organization. If they feel like 
They're, uh, you're adding value to their life. They're seeing a difference in, in, in who they are and their personal and, per, uh, and professional um, achievement. They're, they're likely to stick around. And so uh, we really focus on adding value to our guys. We're big on community. I don't believe that you're, you're the personal version of you and a business version of you. I think that you're one person, and we really teach around that. So we spend a lot of time talking about uh, habits and developing great habits and creating community and relationship among our people. We spend a lot of time together. We invest heavily in our guys. And so I think, you know, ultimately that adds a lot to kind of what we're seeing is, you know, people love to work with us and, and it's reflected in some pretty cool recognition. But uh, I think if that's the position you take as an employer that you want to add more value to your people than they're adding to the company, I don't think you can lose. And that's really, you know, we continue to protect that every year. We say, hey, it doesn't matter what we've done last year. It's what we do this year. And we continually find ways to make it better. We're going to take a a short break here on Critical Mass Radio. So, Sebastian, when we come back, I'd like to ask you on the recruitment end of that, um, what Phoenix Consulting Group and you uh, in specific, what are you looking for and how is your uh, hiring practice in support of your company culture, okay? Okay, great. All right, don't go nowhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with Sebastian after these words from our sponsors. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. I just want to share with you my experience as a member of Center Club in Costa Mesa, California. Many of you know that I've been a member of the Center Club for over seven years. I hold my monthly CEO peer group meetings there, my annual executive conference with 100-plus people, and my daily business meetings at the club. I found the staff to be professional and courteous. My guests enjoy meeting at Center Club with its newly remodeled meeting rooms, dining rooms, and common areas. If you're looking for a place to conduct meetings, host events, or meet some of Orange County's most successful business leaders, then I suggest you consider joining Center Club in Costa Mesa. For more information about club membership and private events, maybe you have a wedding coming up or a big birthday or a Christmas party for your company or holiday party, uh, please visit the club at their website, which is www.center-club.com. All right, we're talking with Sebastian Ingus, and we're talking about Phoenix Consulting Group, and in particular, the performance-oriented culture that he has built and the rewarding culture that he's created for his largely millennial workforce. Before the break, Sebastian, I said I wanted to ask you about um, how do you recruit the kind of people that would thrive in the environment? So tell us a little bit about your recruiting methodology. So fundamentally, we are not trying to bring just anyone on we're looking to understand the person and what they're looking for now maybe that seems obvious um but i spent a lot of time as a recruiter when i was younger and i I was astonished with how many companies and some very large high-level companies will i don't want to say falsely mislead but they'll they'll try to recruit people under a guise to bring them into their company 
we are not interested in bringing in people based on what we want. We want it to be a win-win. And fundamentally, if you're going to have great retention and get the right people in, you need to be very honest about what you're looking for, very direct about your expectations, and the the great and in, in, in struggles that they'll have in the position or the potential highs and lows of the position. So we have a very... I think unique uh, interviewing process, our second round interview, we do a peer interview where we actually have people interview with people who are in the position or, or, or uh, senior account managers, as we call them, that are, that are in a similar position to people that we're hiring to give them a chance to actually talk to people who are in the position that we're hiring for. But ultimately, we're looking for the win-win. We want people who come in understanding what would be expected of them, understanding what they're being asked to perform. We, we outline what we call KRAs or key result areas that we're looking for people to hit so that they understand what's going to be expected of them. And we found that when we do that, we're able to find a much better group of people who are excited to come and know exactly what they're walking into and are motivated to work with us. You have a, a very impressive client list, major corporations that are working with you to in a partnership, really, where in many ways your people are representing their brand in, in public space. Is that, is that a fair assessment of your business model? Absolutely. Okay. So tell me, uh, I have this image of the corporate America. How do they, how was that conversation between you and your corporate clients about your culture, your workforce? I mean, do they, do they experience the way you've built your company or are they more just seeing the kind of positive results that you're getting from them? How, how deep into your business model do your clients kind of get exposed? Plus, it's a it's a great question. It, you know, there's been struggles with it at times. Our clients are in love with our result. They're in love with the feedback they get from their customer base and and what we're able to do at that level. But they don't really understand our culture because it's so counter to a lot of corporate culture. Right. I built my business. I, I grew up in an environment where, and I grew up in a military family. I grew up be, uh, playing sports, and so I really built my business around an idea in which. People can get promoted based on their competency, based on their on merit and, and, and demonstrated result, and that's a lot different than a lot of corporate America, where seniority and tenure still are the main reasons uh, that people are able to move up, or it has a big part of how people move through the corporate ladder. In our environment, it's really built on uh, a demonstrated competency and result, and so my clients don't always understand that because we're unable, to, not always able to grow at the rate they'd like us to. You know, in five years, we've grown by 900%, which is a pretty significant growth rate. But it, some of our clients are frustrated by that. They're, they want us to grow faster, and they don't get why I don't just hire people into positions of leadership. But part of the tenets of our business and, and how we built it is around promoting internally, and, and you earn your way to leadership in our business. So I always say you know, a title should always reflect what you already are. And so in order for that to be the case, we promote people internally and based on their competency. So anybody in my business that has a leadership position is coming from a position which is to say, hey, I've been where you're at. I can help you get to the next level because I've experienced what you're going through. I know exactly what you're doing right now. And that, I think, brings a lot of continuity to our business and a lot of security in our leadership because people know, hey, you've been where I'm at, and I have respect for you because you're not just barking orders at someone that's in a completely different situation than you've been, and you don't even know how to relate to them. So our clients don't always know what to do with that because it's, it's certainly a lot different than how they operate their business internally. But uh, we've won favor in the fact that we get a great result, and they've been somewhat patient with me to this point, although uh, they would like us to grow faster, and so I'm doing my best 
part of the reason we spend 20% of our payroll in developing our people. I don't expect people to grow by osmosis. Mm. We're very intentional about growing and developing our people. We're talking with Sebastian Ingus, and we're talking. he's the founder of Phoenix Consulting Group, and we're spending a lot of time on culture because I, I've been impressed each of the time that I've had a pleasure of visiting your office. I've seen uh, you walk the talk, frankly, and I've felt the energy that is in your workforce, which is a real positive force. You know, I, I'm, uh, and, and that's why I wanted to kind of step back and ask if your clients see this as something that's, uh, you know, similar to what they have, or in, in my thought is it might be felt a little bit different, but the results kind of speak for themselves. I'm wondering if you might be able to think back on a time in your career, Sebastian, where you learned a really valuable lesson, something that you're carrying with you today as a leader of your company, but it might have come out of what was a painful or difficult experience for you. Do, do you have something like that that you could share with our audience today? Yeah, absolutely. I am, my heart, my passion is developing and coaching people. And uh, I am naturally an optimist, and I naturally believe the best in others. But one of the harder lessons I had to learn that has become an operational principle in our company to this day is you have to meet people where they're at, and you can't be more excited about the person than they're excited about themselves. You have to meet them where they're at, not where you want them to be. And this translates out, and I see this in a lot of different companies, and we do a lot of executive coaching and consulting for small businesses. And, and one of the tragic mistakes uh, that we can make in the people business and developing our people is being optimistic about who they are today. You need to maintain optimism about who somebody is going forward and who they could be. But when you're making business decisions, it's like the game of chess, and you need to be very real and honest about who somebody is today. So the big lesson for me in that is, and it was a painful lesson, there's very many times early on in my career where I was very optimistic about some, what somebody could do or a partner could do or a client could do, only to find out you know, is that they didn't come through on their end. And, and looking back at it, I realized I was, I was optimistic. I wasn't realistic about who they were, what their potential was today. And so the lesson for me, the big takeaway is, you have to be very realistic about who your people are today and what you can do today, simultaneously maintaining optimism about who they can be going forward. But make decisions based on where you're at today and be very real about that. Hmm. Thank you very much. And we're talking with Sebastian. He's founder of Phoenix Consulting Group. Um, I'd like to ask some of my guests what I call the guiding principle question, which is uh, of all the things that you've learned and picked up as a leader in business, as an entrepreneur, do you have a overarching philosophy, or maybe we've touched on it already in earlier parts of the interview, but could you share with our audience kind of your macro guiding principle for how you're leading and growing Phoenix Consulting Group? Yeah, I have a couple of axioms that I live by, but one of them that I'm constantly preaching within our business, uh, which isn't new to me, it's not an unfamiliar quote, but People don't know, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, and I, I, I don't think that business um, has to be impersonal. I don't think that you have to work in an environment that is so professional that nobody connects with one another and everybody just does their job. Uh, I try to promote a culture where people feel connected and they feel like what they, what they do matters and they see how what they're doing connects to a bigger picture. 
but it starts with building real relationship. It's so much easier to coach your people and develop your people when they truly understand where you're coming from and that they feel how much you care and how much you truly care about who they are and where they're going. When you're in that position, the coaching gets much easier and much more well-received. So kind of one of my guiding axioms, I have a lot of them, but one of them is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Excellent. Thank you, Sebastian. Um, have you experienced the need to modify or to tweak your development training model you know, you said you've grown by 900% in five years. That translates into more bodies, more people, bigger organization, maybe even some layers within the company that you didn't have in the early days. But um, what have you observed and what advice might you be able to share with our audience as a CEO of a business about, you know, maintaining the and adjusting when you get a little different scale? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and reflecting back on it, which I have over the last five years, the the values that we started out with five years ago haven't changed. Our values are the same today than they were five years ago. But certainly as you you grow and your organization gets larger um, and you have more people to manage, your methods do change and they need to continually change. You know, one of the, the kind of ways that we expose ourselves to a lot of risk is by refusing to adapt, refusing to change. And as a as a, a leader, it's incredibly important, no matter what the size of your organization, that you are constantly educating and developing yourself. We have a we have a kind of a, a saying and a value within our business that we're never going to say or it's a warning sign if we ever say, well that's the way we've always done it. <laughs> Right. That is not a great way to run your organization, and that is not a reason to continue to do something. So if any of us ever find ourselves in that in that mindset or that's a phrase that comes up, that's an immediate warning sign that we need to dig deeper and find out what's going on there. So our values have stayed the same, but we continue to iterate. We continue to work at getting better. Certainly, I feel like we're running a better business now than we did five years ago, and, and, and I hope that we, uh, you know, a year from now we'll say the same thing, that we're continually getting better uh, and, and, and adding more and more value to our people and to our clients. I'm sure you've found that as your company has gotten bigger and better, you as the leader have to stay ahead of that curve, right? You're, you, you, have got, you probably have grown as well over those five years as a leader. Absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah, you, you, you have to live your values. Uh, I, I put a massive... I'm a, my, yeah, I put a massive emphasis on my own development. Uh, I'm a student for life. Uh, I always tell my guys, leaders are readers. Hmm. I'm always educating myself and making sure that uh, I'm developing myself first. How can I develop other people or teach other people to go somewhere I've never been? So I certainly put a lot of emphasis on my own personal development. I probably spend 20% of my time every week uh, growing and learning and developing myself. Final question for you, Sebastian, here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Um, what's the future hold? We're going to have you back on the program at some point in the future. What is going to be going on for you and your business? Well, we're really excited. We spent the last five years really growing our business and building out our model, and I feel like we're just hitting our stride. We've primarily at this point worked with Fortune 500 clients, major clients like AT&T, DirecTV, very, very large clients. Uh, we're starting to move into the startup realm where we're looking for uh, technology that is, uh, you know, it has the potential to be disruptive and exponential. 
starting to get back into strategic planning for smaller companies. And we want to build an organization. We're in nine cities currently across the United States. Eventually, we want to be international and grow our organization uh, to, to, to an international level where we're able to have massive influence in bringing new products and ideas to market. Uh, and at the same time, developing and training and adding value to people coming out of school or coming into the workforce, giving them skill sets that will stay with them for the rest of their life. So I expect as the years come, we'll continue to expand our influence and our growth. And I look forward to uh, being on your show again sometime soon. Absolutely. How does someone find your company online? What, where do you suggest they go to learn more about Phoenix Consulting Group? By any of our social media outlets, we're on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, but and then just phoenixconsultinggroup.com. They can reach out to me directly at Sebastian at phoenixconsultinggroup.com. Um, that would probably be the best way to get a hold of us. Well, thank you for being a friend of the program and a part of the critical mass community. I've enjoyed our conversation today. Continued success. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate being on the call. All right. Have a good day. All right, you know, any, all of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have appeared on our show and the company's placed the, the interview on their website. You know, since we started our program in 2009, our podcasts and shows reached over 175,000 listeners. And simply type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, in your favorite podcasting software. You can subscribe and then get our weekly updates. We do one show a week here on octalkradio.net, and you'll be able to get information about each of the shows as well as listen to them if you just subscribe. We're going to take a short break, come back with our second interview after these words from our sponsor. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. 